Heavenly Father, this morning as we launch into this message, may we hear your voice to us, maybe challenging us, especially to be on your mission. Uh, May our hearts be open. Let us hear you in Jesus' name. Amen. In 2004, I got the privilege of being an assistant dean at Auburn Adventist Academy out in Washington State, right there in Seattle. It was awesome. Loved being there. And if you know deans, they have on-duty time and they have a lot of off-duty time. And if you know me, if I don't have something that's keeping me uh, busy, then I'm going to be in trouble. That's just my nature. And so uh, I needed a project, except this project came to me. My very first car was a 1965 Volkswagen Beetle. You've seen pictures of it before. Bright blue, total chick magnet. Not this one. You can go back. Uh, total chick magnet. That's just how it works. Uh, real men can drive Volkswagen Beetles because uh, they get, you know, girls will say, man, that guy's got to be a real man if he can drive a little car like that. So I go out to Washington. I, I'm going to Taco Bell with my Honda Accord. I sold that bug to have this Honda Accord. Not a chick magnet pull in through the drive-thru, get up to the drive-thru window. The guy hands me my bag of food, and on his hand is a Volkswagen tattoo. And I have to say something because I love Volkswagens. And so I said, oh, you like Volkswagens? I used to have a bug. And he said, cool, do you want one? <laughs> like, what does he mean? Like, do I want to buy one from him? Is he going to give it to me? So I asked a few more questions. Tell me more about this thing. And he said, well, it doesn't run. And it's busted on the inside. And it's got dents. And it's rusty. But you can have it if you want it. So the next week, I showed up at his house. And this is what I saw. Look at that thing. Beautiful, isn't it? 1972 Volkswagen Super Beetle. Kind of has a rounded front on it. That's the only difference, really engine didn't run, didn't have a carburetor. The assistant dean that was serving with me, we, we got toe straps and chains, and we took this bug and put it behind a, a van, a 15-passenger van, and we towed this thing, definitely against the law, I guarantee it, up to Auburn, and we parked it. And over the next seven or eight months, I tore it apart. I pulled the engine, rebuilt the motor. I took the interior out, put new seats in there, new carpet, new headliner. I did the bodywork on it, sanded it, filled it, painted it, and about seven or eight months later, this is what it looked like. Look at that thing. Yeah. Cool little bug. So my time there was only about 10 months, and so as we were closing down to the end of the school year, I thought, well, I can't drive two cars back to Georgia, so I need to do something with it. And so I I wasn't going to save this one because I don't know if it would make it across the country. And so I drove it to the front part of Auburn, parked it there, and put a for sale sign on it. And a little while later, I sold it for $1,700. Not bad, but listen to my return on investment because I took that $1,700 and I bought an engagement ring, and I got married. (laughs) Yes. But what if the end of the story was a little different? I show up at Taco Bell. A guy gives me a car for absolutely free, and I sell it for $1,700. What if I took that car that I got for free, and I gave it away for free, too? I paid nothing for it. Why wouldn't I just give it away, too? You know, our human nature is, is an embarrassing part of who we are. Uh, it's 
filled with selfishness. I mean, we live with closed fists and closed hearts and closed wallets, and we protect our stuff because we think it's ours. And even though it's given to us everything, we still hold on to it and protect it all. You know, there's words that Jesus shares with us in Matthew chapter 10 that I think are going to challenge us this morning a little bit and push us a little more towards mission and a little more towards freedom. And if you have your Bible with you this morning, I invite you to open it to Matthew chapter 10. If you didn't bring a Bible, that's okay. There is a blue book in front of you, and you can follow along on page 688. Uh, It's the same words as mine. And while you're turning there, I'll give you some context. Jesus, his ministry is in, in motion. He's already called the 12 disciples. They're following him. They are emulating him. They are Uh, apprentices to him, so everything that he does, they do too, because they want to be just like him, just like every disciple should do. And he gets to a point in ministry where he believes that they are at a place where they can now go out and minister and share the gospel and live the gospel in in real ways, but not just in ways where uh, they might talk about it, but actually do real things. Jesus gives some pretty powerful words here. Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 1, here's what he says, or here's what Matthew says. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Let's pause there for a minute. I see Jesus pulling the disciples together. Hey, fellas, gather around a minute. I'm about to send you out. You're going to be sharing the freedom that's found in Jesus, found in me. I'm going to send you out. You're like sheep going out with wolves. It's going to be sketchy out there. It's going to be a little crazy out there. And so because of that, I'm giving you power. I'm giving you authority to cast out demons and to cure cancer. And I wonder what it was like to be a disciple, as Jesus says these words, as he gives them power to do supernatural things. I mean, if I'm one of the disciples and he gives me that kind of power, the very first thing that I want to do is test it out, right? I mean, some of you have kids and you know one of the most common questions that kids ask you is, Daddy or Mommy, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Some people want to fly around, some people want to be really strong. These disciples just got the power to cast out demons and to cure illnesses. I mean, if if I'm one of them, I want to walk down the street with a very keen eye looking for the first person to sniffle or cough because I want to cure their their sickness, right? I want to go over to Fleece and sit in the nurse's office with Nurse Kim Lundy, and I want to wait for a kid that comes in with a headache so that I can say, be healed, right? Woke up some of you guys. I'm sorry. You can go back to sleep. (laughs) Or a kid with a skin knee, and, and I just touch it, and it goes away. Or I want to go with Rob Dininger down in Advent Health Orlando and I, walk, I want to walk in the ICU and I want to look at the rooms and say, 108, 109, 110, you're free to go because you're cured now. I want to go to the, the cancer units and the neonatal ICU units and I want to talk to them and say, you're healed, go home, I got this power. Or maybe I would just go down the street and I would be looking at people. Some might be on the side of the road. Some might be uh, troubled by other things. And I look at them and to see what's happening in their eyes, to see if they are, are struggling with ad- addiction maybe, or maybe it's some sort of a mental illness that's, that's challenged them, it's taken over their life or whatever it is. And I want to say, hey, be free. These disciples, they've been given incredible power. Jesus says, I've given you the authority to do this. What's interesting to me is that Matthew as he records these words, or records this story, he uses a Greek word. It's, it's the word exousia. It's this word for authority. 
and power. It's, it's all supernatural power. It's not something that humans can come up with. Not like adrenaline where you can lift a car in a bad situation. This is all God given to you. It's the same word that Matthew uses when, when he records Jesus' words in the Great Commission, which is that commission to every disciple ever to, to go and proclaim the gospel. Here it is on the screen, Matthew chapter 28. Here's what it says. Jesus says, all authority, same word, exousia, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says, I've got all the power. I'm always with you. Therefore, because of this power that in me that is now in you, go make disciples. That's some power. And even though Jesus gives this kind of medical healing power to the disciples, I think it's nothing compared to the power of the gospel that changes hearts for all eternity. Jesus goes on in verse 5. He gives some more specific instructions. Here's what he says. These twelve... Jesus sent out with the following instructions. He says, Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any of the towns of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. They're weird words to me because when I think of the gospel message that's to be proclaimed to the whole world, it it makes me feel weird when Jesus says, Don't go to them, just stay here. I I love our church. It's the the world, Seventh-day Adventist church that's around the globe. It's beautiful. Churches everywhere. It's the message, this movement that wraps around the globe, the entire place. Yet we have individual churches in different communities, on different streets, in different cities all over the world to carry that message in the local places too. Jesus says, hey, I want you to carry this message, but don't go out there. Just go right here. Don't go to the Gentiles. Just stay local. He says, don't go to the Decapolis, the 10 Gentile-filled cities of the area. 10 cities right there in the the Galilean area. He says, instead, stick around here and talk to the ones that are close by. And boy, does that ever speak to my heart this morning. And I hope it does to you too. Who is it that's right around you that is dying to hear the freedom that's found in Jesus? Hmm. It might be in your own family. Maybe your kids. Maybe it's your in-laws or your extended family. Maybe you are the family that goes to the same restaurant over and over again. Maybe it's weekly. Maybe it's every couple weeks. And you have the same waiter or the same waitress, the same server every time. And you've begun to build a relationship with them. There's a restaurant up in Marietta. It's called Mod Pizza. Have you ever heard of Mod Pizza, anybody? Oh, a couple. We can be friends. This is good stuff. Maybe you've heard of Blaze Pizza. Mod Pizza is Blaze Pizza, but I think it's way better. Just my opinion. And every Thursday, I would take my head elder and we would go to Mod Pizza. And we got to know the people that owned the business. We got to know the servers behind the line where you pick whatever you want on your pizza. They knew my order. I'd walk in. They'd say, hey, Matt, how's it going? We talked church stuff. We connected with them because we're right there. We built relationships with them over and over again. I wonder who it is for you that God's put in your life so that you can give them the gospel, the freedom that's found in Jesus. Last Friday, 
after Hurricane Ian had come through, which by the way, I enjoyed my first hurricane, although I think it was a little wimpy. <laughs> I'm ready for my next one. Got my generator, we're ready. There's a little debris, some, some, some branches, a lot of leaves. And uh, on Friday morning, I woke up and I thought, let's clear the yard. I want to get this thing looking back like it should. And so we started working. We finished my yard. But I had another goal on Friday, and that was to connect with my neighbors in some way that it would be a relationship-building experience that would continue on and on. And so after we finished clearing up my yard and we piled up the brush right on the road that'll sit there for the next six to eight months, right? That's what I've heard. That we went to my next-door neighbor. Her name is Marcy. She is the sweetest lady ever. She's one of our church members. And let's be honest, there's a little awkwardness because her living room window looks straight into my kitchen. So if I'm ever walking around in my underwear, my church member now seen me. <laughs> so we went over to her house, and we cleared the sticks and debris out of her yard. Then we went across the street and just a little bit over to Emily's house. Emily is a, an elderly widow that has lived in the same house for 25, 30 years. She is the nicest lady ever. I met her once when we first moved in, and we haven't really connected much since then. And I thought, this is the opportunity I've been looking for. She needs help. And so the whole family, Jen, the boys, another friend came over. And we went to her house, and we pulled—she has big oak trees. We pulled all the debris off her yard, and we started raking, and we raked and raked and raked and raked and raked. Finally, she hears us, and she, she comes out. And I said, hi, Emily. And she says, hey, Matt. She remembered my name, which I thought was cool. And she said, hey, thanks for cleaning up this. Hey, I, I need help with my generator. And I said, okay, let's do this. And she started to go around the house, but then she said, Matt, just come through the house, which that's a big step in a relationship. That's like you're dating someone and you meet the parents, right? <laughs> this is a friendship with a neighbor, and now you've been inside their home. That's completely different. And as I'm walking through, I'm just kind of looking at things. She loves sewing. She likes to make cards, greeting cards. It's neat. And when she walks through, we go to the, the golf cart garage, and there's her generator. Her neighbor had helped her get it out, but he couldn't figure out how to get it plugged up. And so I work on it a little bit, and I get it going. And, and I said, hey, Miss Emily, you're probably going to need to reach out to me later on because I need to help you fill it with gas and different things. And, and, and I said, can we exchange numbers? And she said, sure. And so she gave me her number, and I gave her mine. And that whole four or five days without electricity, she called me regularly, every day, texting me, hey, can you come fill up with gas? Hey, can you help me with this? And I love it because now we have this connection. And I wonder, has God put me next door neighbors with her so that I can share the freedom of the gospel with her? And we've already talked church stuff. Now, now which church do you pastor, Matt? Is it that big one down there on 436? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, I know that one well. I wonder, I just wonder, has God put me in her life to share the gospel with her? Jesus continues with a specific instruction that I believe points to you and me and our freedom campaign as we go locally to help those that are around us. Here's what he says, verse 7. He says, As you go, Forest Lake Church, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. And then he says these words that challenge me. Freely you have received, so freely give. Freely you've received, so freely give. You didn't pay for the gospel. You didn't buy it. You didn't earn it. It was a gift, and it was given to you for free. And because it's free, go give it to somebody else. This is what living the gospel looks like. 
it's, it's a life devoted to giving away freely what's been given to you. And I love to hear the stories that are happening right now in our church family of this very thing. I just heard a story this last week of one of our adult Sabbath school classes that has been loving someone into our church. It's building relationships. It's going out to eat. It's going golfing. They invited me to go too. I'm so excited about it. I get to go golfing with this new person. Looking forward to it. Or, or how about our warehouse community? I don't know if you realize the beautiful ministry that happens over there where people that are far from God are welcomed in with no judgment to come and worship Jesus. Or our home churches. Have you seen what's happening? We have 10 or 12 of them where people invite their neighbors and their co-workers to come and worship with them at their very own place, their home. It's powerful to see the movement and the momentum that God has put in the Forest Lake Church. We got to do that more, amen? And I believe that this freedom campaign that has the, the headline of raising $6 million is really just the beginning because on the other end of that, the reward of it is the freedom that we have to focus on mission. Just think about the relief off our backs. Think about the focused, laser focus that we have can have on mission and ministry and living the gospel. And it starts today. As you entered this morning, you probably got one of these cards, one of these freedom campaign commitment cards. It says, my commitment. If you've got it, raise it up for me. Let me see it. You got it? Okay. There's, there's four of us that have these cards. This is not good. Okay, there we go. We're getting some more. This is good. You've got them. Uh, does anyone need one? Maybe in the balcony too. Do you need one? You've got them. Good. Glad. Okay. Now let me explain this card just a, a, a minute because in first service there was a bit of confusion. You need one? We need one down here in the front if you don't mind. Thanks, guys. We got deacons ready. Look at these guys. Thank you, deacons. Um, let me explain this card. You, last week you got a card. It looked similar to this, but on the back, it, it was just a worksheet for you. It said, what's your monthly budget? What would you like to give to tithe? What would you like to give offering? What would you like to give to a freedom campaign? And someone this morning was like, Pastor Matt, there ain't no way I'm turning that in. It says my monthly budget on it. No, I wouldn't want that either. There's no way I'd turn that in either. This is a simpler card that just says, my commitment to be given over three years, now to October 2025, and your contact information you can go ahead and start filling it out now because we're going to, in a moment, and it might feel awkward to you, we're going to invite you to come forward and dunk them in one of these three little, uh, little baskets over here. And then we're going to have kind of a group hug and a prayer over it. So I'm preparing you for this. So go ahead and start filling it out now because I think you'll want to be. But I want to talk to some of you for now. Um, I hope that you've had a chance to process with your family, maybe your husband, wife, maybe even your kids. We talked about it in my house a little bit. And here's the cool thing. Everyone can be a part of this. That's the goal. It's not about the money. It's really about our church moving forward. No matter the age, no matter the amount, it's the, the point is all of us move together. Um, some of you that are even watching online, uh, this is for you too. If you consider Forest Lake Church your home, then this is your home, and this campaign is part of your commitment as well. In fact, if you enjoy worshiping with the Forest Lake Church, even though you may not sit in a pew, you can be a part of this too. In fact, you can go on our website, forestlake.church forward slash freedom, scroll down to the bottom, and there's a place where you can put your commitment there. Um, there, was, there was a bunch this morning before church ever started, and after first service, there was a whole bunch more that came in online. Um, and I know some of you this morning are like, I'm not getting up to give this card in. You may do it online. That's fine too. Uh, whatever way you want to make your commitment. But I was thinking about it this morning, and there's lots of different groups in our church that can be a part of this. 
Here's one I really wanted to focus on. That's the kids. If you are under the age of 12, can I hear a whoop whoop? Ah, we got a bunch of youngsters in here. Guys, this is a cool chance for you to be a part of your church body. Listen, one of my boys, I won't tell you which one, uh, has already made a commitment for the Freedom Campaign. I didn't ask him to, he just wanted to. And uh, his commitment is 20 bucks, which may feel like 100 bucks to you or even more than that. But over three years, you might be able to do that with Christmas money and birthday money and chores around the house. You can make a commitment too. Uh, I think that's cool, kids, that you can do that. Um, here's another group, teenagers. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I think we have the greatest teenagers in the country here. Would you agree with me? Amen. Amen. We've got incredible high school students. Uh, they're just fantastic. And uh, over at Warehouse, I was telling you, a whole, just a, a posse of them came up and put their cards in. It was neat. Um, one story, and then I'll move on to the next group. Uh, in Marietta, we had a similar capital campaign. We had the same thing here where you came up and put your cards in. And I'll never forget it. This one kid, he was 17 years old. He had really big hair that I was jealous of. He came walking down the middle aisle. I never thought he would make a commitment to this. But because he loves the Lord and loves his church, he said, I want to be a part of what God's doing here. And he put his card in the bucket. And the curiosity got the best of me because after church, I went looking. I said, I want to see what this guy committed. He gave a $1,000 commitment for a 17-year-old boy. I mean, that's working like 10 bucks an hour. That's a lot of hours. And he said, I love my church and I love the Lord enough to make this commitment. So teenagers, uh, it doesn't have to be $1,000. But be a part of this, no matter what the amount is. Adults, let me talk to you for a minute. I know what it's like to be an adult, and it's hard. It's even harder when you got kids. You got finances and all sorts of stuff. Kids in school. You got to get food for your kids. They never stop eating. You got to buy shoes like every other week because they keep wearing out. Can I get a witness, anybody? You know. Yeah. And it's hard to make a commitment to giving money away even when it's tight. But I believe that as you make commitments, not only will you see your church go further, but I believe that you'll see your family grow as well. And there's another group here that I want to talk to. And it's the big givers. Um, there's a lot in our church that have been blessed in a different way than the majority. And I think it's so cool that God has put people in our church that love the Lord and he's blessed them in different ways. Um, the other night I was with uh, quite a few people that make a lot more money than I do. And as we talked, I said, you know what? Leaders lead and leaders uh, are some of the first to give. And I said, I'll tell you what my commitment is. I said, my family's talked about it. We give 10% to tithe. We give another 5% to offering. Goes to church budget that stays local to pay for lights, and, and we can't forget that. Um, and then we've decided that my family's going to give almost another 10% of my salary over the next three years to a freedom campaign because we believe in this. And I thought, man, I wonder what 10% looks like in your home. What does that look like for your commitment? So um, I hope you've had an opportunity to fill out those cards, and we're going to do it together. Are you ready? Ah, I'm not sensing a lot of energy. It may feel awkward to you. It's not an altar call, but I, 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 I want to view this as kind of a family hug together. So I'm going to be the first, because that's what you should do. Now, I already made one in first service, so whoever's tracking these, this is not the second one, okay? 
This is only for one. There's a bucket here on this side. You can put that in there. There's one on the other side. I'm going to come here in the middle. So here's what we do. I'm going to put my commitment in. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite my family to come up at this time. Come on up here, guys. I know there's a couple of commitments going here. Hey, you're making one too. That's cool. All right, don't you stay up here. Stay up here. Come on. Jen's coming up here too. All right, let me invite another group of people because we have some incredible leaders in our church. Um, we ha- if you are a pastor or an elder in our church, I'm going to invite you to come up at this time too. I know some of you have already made your commitments in first service. Pastor Candy's here. Here's Bob. He's an elder. Awesome. There's several people coming up. There's Tammy. She's coming up. There's Lewis coming up. That's awesome. We got a group of elders. I'm so proud of our elder team. They have really taken this year and run with it. Stay up here when you're up here. Just, just hang out up here. We're making a hug if you don't know. Yep. There's Tracy coming up. There's Todd. All right. Tony's coming. Excellent. Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to broaden this a little bit further now. If you are, if you serve on one of our, our boards, maybe our church board or adcom or stewardship committee or finance committee, I'm going to invite you to come up at this time too. Join us up here. You can throw it. There's, there's several different places. And just, just comment, come up. Apparently we don't have, okay, we've got a couple of board members. This is good. We have an unbelievable board as well in our church, guys. It's, it's fun to lead in a place where you can just trust the rest of the leaders. It's neat. Here, here comes some more. That's great. Hey, buddy, stay up here. All right. Um, I'm going to open this up even a little bit broader to the rest of the church family. That's, that's anybody. Would you come forward at this time? You can put it in that one. Just stay up here. Let's fill the aisles. Let's, let's fill it up, and we'll have a, a prayer here at the end. So just come up. We'll give you time in the balcony. You guys can come down, too. And you can put your cards in there and just stay close to us. That's good. Stay up here. Stay up here. Yeah, come here. Get in here with me. There we go. Awesome. Just stay up here when you get up here. You can bring your whole family if you like. Or just a representative. doesn't matter. This is cool, guys. Our church in motion right here. you're in the balcony, we'll wait for you. You come on down. Awesome. You can stay up here if you want. All right. I know there's many of you that will probably uh, give online on our website. That's cool, too. Either way is fine. Well, I'm going to close with prayer on this campaign, and you continue praying, especially for the next three years, guys. We can do this together. All right, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, what a blessing it is to serve and lead here at Forest Lake Church. You're obviously in the heart of everything that we do, and God, as we launch this freedom campaign, may every penny, every dollar, may it all go to your glory for your mission. May you continue to push us outside these walls and into our community to share the love of Jesus with others, to live the gospel. God, we love you, and we can't wait to see you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Happy Sabbath.